How's it going, friends? Zig at the top of the interview here. Today with me, I have Ryan Matthew of Cleveland Family Meal. Um, Ryan's a longtime friend. I've known him since high school. We played in a band called Hamilton Handshake. I played bass. He was a front man guitar. We, I think the biggest thing Hamilton did was we opened up for Greta Van Fleet and uh, brought really big amps to really small clubs and played way too loud and <laughs> continued to play way too loud. Um, I also taught with Ryan at a charter school for kids with autism. Ryan uh, taught there for nine years, and he invited me to come play for his class, and that's how I got it, start, got it started. That's how I started teaching, was him inviting me to come play for his class. Ryan has been one of those people who has changed my life in a bunch of amazing ways, and like ways I never thought I would ever get involved with. I never thought I'd be a teacher. I never thought I would teach with my friends, and that I couldn't be more thankful for him being in my life and the, the opportunities he's allowed me. And now I want to share you his next endeavor, which is is equally a superhero. He's doing the Cleveland Family Meal, which is a coalition of Cleveland chefs with the mission of feeding as many out-of-work Cleveland service industry professionals, musicians, artists, barbers, and friends and neighbors as they can. So in this interview, it's over the phone. Um, just like the rest of these all have been. And so sound goes in and out, but what he's got to say is important. And, uh, it's a lot of, uh, this Joe Strummer quote that I keep coming to mind with, without people, you're nothing. And I think it's a thing we're all realizing now and trying, there's so many people trying to actively be proactive and help people and do what they can. Right now, the Cleveland Family Meal needs you to help promote them they're giving out free food to those in need, and they just need the word to be spread. So after listening to this, if you want to know how you can help out, that's how you can do it. Go on Instagram, go on Facebook, share what they like. They got some T-shirts, some stickers where you can buy, and they're taking all the money and using them to make beefier meals. Anywho, further ado, Ryan Matthew. I was a... Uh... Oh, and I'm bound. All right, cool beans. This should be uh, this should be all right. I'll turn you up a little bit. Um, yeah, this works. This works for me. As long as you can hear me, all right. I'll try to talk as loud as as possible. Yeah, no, it's it's, yeah. it's good. I can uh, I can hear you good. I got you running through a board here. Word. Yeah, I figured you'd be mic'd up on that end. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been decking out this podcast stuff for negative space to hype all these shows that uh, got canceled. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like I feel like the thing across the board is everybody was about to go on tour. I just yeah. talked to um, <coughs> Ryan from Oregon Space Trail of Doom. Yeah, they were supposed to go to like Austin and stuff. Yeah, they were supposed to do South by Southwest and do like a ton of shows. And, like, they really kind of thought it was going to be a big break from them because they've blown up pretty well in Cleveland. Yeah. And every time I see them, it's fucking packed. Yeah, dude, they're never, never not a bad night with those guys. Yeah, when they did, um, fuck, uh, Oregon Space Trail Jazz, like, for free at at, um, At Winchester, it's always so packed. It's, like, beyond packed. Was it? Yeah, I haven't seen the jazz bit, but... I'm sure it rips just as much as they rip as boom. Yeah, it's really good. 
Was it? All right, we're doing the Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Ryan Matthew. Is that cool if I go with what's that? What's up? What's up? Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, I you are the first uh, first guest I've had that has significantly changed my life in like countless ways. Like, I've been meeting a lot of people like who uh, who have you know inspired me, but you personally. From like what sixth grade, <laughs> have no, been changing grade, my life. Grade. Yeah, that's right, ninth, ninth grade. grade. Mrs. Warren's that's math right. class. I joined y'all. <laughs> but we're here to talk about the Cleveland meal plan, the Cleveland family meal plan. Blah, blah, blah. I've been yeah. quarantine brain, my friend. But what's that no, all I feel about? Like, so, yeah, I guess it's the latest saga and random things that now we've collaborated on and been a part of together. But this is something I'm doing through um, some of the chefs I'm working with, Vinny Semino, um, Nate Thomas, um, Denise Asamakis, I believe is how you say his name, but mostly my team at Summer House that I'm working with, where we are uh, feeding out of work service industry people, musicians, barbers, um, tattooers, um, people that work at venues, booking agents, everybody who is just like super out of luck with this whole, um, you know, shelter in place situation and everyone kind of being out of work. Yeah. Yeah. Was well, I can hear myself really good now. Hold on. Yeah. Now you're quiet. Yeah. Well, I was turning it down. You're quiet. never quiet. <laughs> oh, man. oh man. That was weird. Oh, now we're paused. Are you good now? You're paused. I'm paused. I can't. I can't see you. How about now? I should be. Oh wait. What? Can you see me now? No. Oh, I it's, I did, and then now <laughs> I can't again. This is some great a podcast material right here. Uh, hey, you know we're learning. We're hey. all figuring out. Yeah. There we're, we go. There we're all go. figuring out how to work the socially distance and do shit via the internet. What have you been doing? Um, I've been with the guys from work at Cleveland Family Meal every day. So we usually go not distanced get, at all. <laughs> yeah, well, there's like five of us. So yeah. the five of us go in, we cook all day, and then we set up pickup points where we pass out all of the boxes and bags, produce, meals. So it's like from nine to two, I cook with like the same five people. We check our temperature when we get to work. We Whoa. check our temperature at lunch. We check our temperature when we leave. We follow like crazy hand washing protocol where basically if you take your gloves off, you wash your hands, you sanitize, you put gloves on. Wow. Like you sanitize the entire kitchen every hour. Like really just trying to make sure that we're not propagating or spreading this virus by doing what we're doing. You know, it's like, taking as many precautions as you possibly can, even beyond, you know, the ton of precautions you would usually take um, being in a restaurant, but even more so to just make sure we can feed people safely. Was it? Well, that's, that's badass that you're going the extra mile to make sure none of this gets infected or that you're doing it right, that you're actually helping and not, not hurting by trying to help. Cause like I was kind of thinking about the other day that you can still like go to Chipotle and stuff and get food, but do I want to do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's really weird. Like there's, and you're kind of seeing through this, in my opinion, which restaurants are taking the best protocols and like the best practices. Like when I go to the route, yeah. they totally change how the route operates. Like 
the tables are all flipped upside down. Yeah. They only let two people in at a time. Wow. And that whole like bar area where you had coffee cups and creamers and lids and all the stuff that you would touch, you don't touch anything. Yeah. They like wipe down the screen before and after you touch it. And like you see them doing these practices and it's kind of like from the chef restaurant perspective, you see the people who are like taking precautions and like, that's where I'm going to go support. Yeah. Like be still ordering food from and like Ohio City Burrito, you can't go in anymore. You have to call, order, they prepare the food, they bring it out and they're practicing like the same protocols we are where they're making sure their staff is healthy and, you know, practicing above bar safety. And then you go to Walmart and it's like a war zone. And I'm like, this is why I hate Walmart. <laughs> I had to buy a bike tool from there and it was yeah. like, there's, they were doing nothing to make it better, and there's hundreds of people in that store. So, yeah, it's weird. And they're open; they're not shutting down. Those, you know, Target and Giant Eagle and all that stuff. I would, I would hope that maybe when they do close, they like they sanitize everything. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're doing some some things. But I've really, I've noticed because Vinny and I just have a lot of conversations about, you know, how do we make sure the people that are coming to pick up food are, you know, feeling comfortable with knowing we just cook for them all day. Yeah. So it's a very like homey and personal thing in a time like this to be dealing with someone's food and nutrition. So, and it's important because like, there's not too many places where you can get like good food and like, you want those businesses that have that opportunity to still be available. And yeah. And like, I think, uh, you're also seeing how restaurants treat their staff and how, you know, venues are handling this and how bands are handling this. And it's like, it's very telling of, you know, who are the good local businesses to keep supporting because they're doing this right. And then who, you know, is maybe not, not doing such a great job handling these things. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are very upset that this is happening. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's an upsetting thing to be like, you have to shut down your business, you know what I mean? And yeah. stop. Some people can't, like, just do that. And they're trying, they're, they're pulling at every hair they can to stay open, even if it's definitely not a necessary business. <laughs> like, I know, and that's like, <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see if... I hope that every as many businesses come out of this as possible, but I think across the board, you're going to see uh, a lot of small businesses have a hard time pulling through all of this. And that's what we're trying to ease the burden of. Like I've gone over to my tattooer's house and dropped off food like a couple of times this week. I've, you know, seen people from greenhouse that are, we're in need of stuff coming to get food. And yeah, some of those people are small business owners. Like they are in that circle of like Cleveland creators that would come to mind. Some of them curate comedy shows and booking in that regard. Some of them are chefs. Some of them are musicians, but they're all so impacted by this. And that's where we're like, well, you know, the musicians have been doing live streams. Like you guys are doing what you do. You're playing music and, and, having creating a dialogue and podcasts and doing the things you do. And that's where we're like, we're going to just keep cooking. Cause that's, that's what we can do to help people through this. Like 
you can get food from us and come home and make dinner and watch a live show and make this um, lock-in bearable. And I think in different mediums and different ways, like everyone's trying to do that. Like I was up at Blazing Saddles before I was able to get on the horn with you because I was helping (laughs) Hayden with a bike repair because Hayden's off work from teaching. So he's been riding and I couldn't figure out how to fix this bike. So I went over to Blazing Saddles, which are like friends of ours. They were friends through Greenhouse. And like those guys are practicing a bunch of cleaning policies and have been super cool and are letting one person in the store at a time to get their bike worked on so people can stay active and like sane and doing things. But in everybody's little way, they're just, I feel like trying to do things to make this copacetic as possible and it's important because everyone's got their own skill and skill set to share and like depending what it is it's a lot more hard it's a lot more difficult to share that skill set like um with teaching you taught for like what over nine years just about nine years about yeah. nine years so like that skill set's a little harder to like uh the maybe uh monetize in the same way that uh, the, the, the guy from Blazing Saddles or um, like even just cooking and being able to donate food. Yeah. One cool, I can't remember what brewery's doing, but one brewery was making um, uh, um, sanitizer with alcohol. And I thought that was a cool way for them to. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, what was I'm that? pointing like you're here in my house. Yeah. That's a, a Lakewood distillery over on uh, Madison. Gotcha. I can't remember the name of it. But yeah I, thought- yeah, I mean, you see everybody trying to do what they can and it's wild because it's so global. Like I see people from chefs in Italy that I'll will randomly pop up in my Instagram to people in Nashville, to people in Chicago, to New York, who's hit the hardest. Yeah. And across the board, you're seeing these same things, you know, it's like, it's so widespread. It's that's almost like the most unfathomable part is. That is pretty crazy. Just how quickly this became life. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. this is it now. Ba-boom, left turn. Okay, go straight. What are we doing? Um, and you're seeing everybody, like, innovate in kind of interesting ways and adapt in interesting ways. And, like, that's what Cleveland Family Meal was. We weren't planning on starting a nonprofit to feed people. We just opened a restaurant. Yeah. Like, but Which you guys just opened, too. This wasn't... Didn't yeah, we guys- opened a week before... Um, the mandatory shutdown. So we had one grand opening week, which everyone was afraid they were going to get coronavirus. So they called and canceled their reservation. So our only week open was Corona week. Uh, And then we closed. But, you know, you're seeing everybody from like Gaw and all the Cleveland musicians to, I feel like us and a lot of other restaurants, Dante's is doing it. Cerna has been doing like food produce sales. Ushabu, like Matt Spinner and Danko's restaurant, they've been doing free farmer's markets out of their kitchen. Like you see these businesses being like, all right, obviously this is not going to be profitable for any of us, but like how can we do something to help and to ease the burden? And maybe it's online concerts. Maybe it's, you know, setting up digital workplaces. Maybe it's doing these like free farmer's markets, but you're seeing every business have to like pivot in a week. Yeah. It's a, a week ago, life was normal, and now we uh, apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, now now we're here all of a sudden. And the, one, the, the pressure to innovate 
under like a in a positive way under all this negative negative stuff happening is is telling of a lot of people and I think uh um telling of what businesses and um what uh what innovators are going to really stick around and be supportive once the whole thing clears and like another thing is like the fact that it happened so quickly is uh it's everyone it's catching everyone off guard and all those ideas like i don't know how long you guys have been thinking of this but if you waited a little bit longer someone else probably would have started that and you would have been the supporting role which is just as good that everyone's actively yeah. trying to be and quickly is trying to be like as helpful and um positively impacting as they can yeah and it was it was sunday like what not this past sunday previous sunday where dewine had the the press conference he announced that like as of 9 p.m that night all bars and restaurants would close for anything other than takeout and i was like sitting at home exactly where i'm sitting now watching this on my phone and was just like holy shit what do we do called my chef Vinny. it was just like what's happening we just opened this restaurant now we have to close it like yeah this is i'm so panicked and he's just like here's what we're gonna do we're gonna start this like non-profit kitchen and we're going to feed people that's what we know how to do calm down you're coming to work tomorrow we're going to cook and i was like okay wow. like went in the work the next day made like 400 chocolate chip cookies like stressed <laughs> out like yeah i just, just want to what i don't what should i make people probably chocolate chip cookies pastry chef like all right there's um, definitely got to be some um, some stressy stress eating happening for sure yeah and then him and i just like slowly day to day put this together like we're like what do we call it and i'm like well we feed our staff every day at like four o'clock just like we do now we call it family meal like everybody loves the word cleveland attached to anything especially around those parts (laughs) we're just like cleveland family meal done deal and now we have merch coming out i i should send you the shirt designs i can probably send them to you now will that work uh yeah if not you can just send it to me after this and i can yeah they're pretty they're pretty awesome. We're doing, do you remember Jimmy from low cut Connie? Yeah. So Jimmy, um, did a whole bunch of really cool art and designs for us. And we're doing, um, shirts and stickers that we're going to put on sale. Hopefully this weekend. And Um, you were telling me before, but just for, so our listeners know what, what are these shirts and stickers and all the sales you make go towards, yeah, so we're we're in the midst of putting it together to to raise more money to buy more to go containers, more bags, more um, product that to bridge the gaps from what we're getting donated. So sometimes we could use milk to make these bags more balanced, or eggs, or you know some some rice and beans or something to like round out what we get um, donated to make kind of more balanced, healthy, better meals for everybody. Um, so we're going to use that money to just continue to purchase provisions, purchase to go wares, um, just continue feeding people. So it's been a daily, it, like evolving situation of how can we do more? How can we reach more people? Um, you know, and kind of each day we've probably fed anywhere from 30 to 75 people and that's going almost 10 days now. So nice. I mean, that's probably right around three to 500 people we fed in the last two weeks. And 
you know, it's not just a meal. It's probably a week's worth of groceries for one person. So that's incredible, man. Yeah. We just want to keep going at that rate and keep continuing to give these big balance boxes with like some produce, some eggs, some prepared meals, like a huge array of stuff where for the next, you know, two weeks, you don't have to worry about what you're making for dinner. You can worry about, you know, navigating these stressful times and not having food. Well, and that's a that's a whole stressful factor is trying to find food and worrying about that so they get that out of the way, especially with people that are trying to maintain their business that's shut down. That's like a huge help. And the fact that your boy Vinny was just like, this is what we're going to do. You know what I mean? That's that's insane. That's so yeah. Cool. I mean, he's he's a super dope chef. He was he ran greenhouse when I was like a back waiter and working at steps. Yeah. And he was like the head chef. And I used to like go in the kitchen and bother him and be like, what are you doing? What are you making? And he'd be like, go upstairs. You're a back waiter. You work in the front of the house restaurant. Like you're not cooking. Go. <laughs> and I always was like super intrigued by what he was doing. And when greenhouse was closing, I got in touch with him and was lucky enough to work with him. But he, he is a very composed and like knowledgeable chef. So I'm very glad to be working with him and the other guys from Summer House like through this because, you know, no one of us could have pulled this off. He couldn't have done it without the guys he brought in. We couldn't have done it without him giving us the guidance and and uh, a lot of the connections and networking that he has. So collectively through, you know, five or six of us, we've managed to somehow pull this off. Well, that's amazing. Like I've been, uh, I've been on this kick as of lately with uh, this Joe Strummer quote, and uh, it's the the I forget what it's from, but it's with without people you're nothing, you know what I mean? And that's been like yeah. really hard, especially with with what we're going through and how distant we are from each other. But the fact that just like you said that that this whole thing couldn't happen without the teamwork, without you guys as a unit, and like. Man, you've always been involved in like superhero shit. Like right I now, you're that far. I just yeah, have always dude. been. Trying. I just want to be involved in like the the most fun, helpful, and interesting thing happening. And make. I'm not always involved, but I try to when I can be. So every everything, every endeavor, endeavor that uh, we've talked about or I've come across with you has been superhero shit. Spent nine. Well, thank years. you, man. You as well. You, there's a small group of Cleveland super homies that I can always look to and know are doing good and interesting and creative and engaging things. And there's a, you know, a short list of people that I'm lucky enough to call my good friends. And it's like you and Phil and even Jimmy out in Philadelphia from Low Cut Connie who did this design work for us. Like, you know, it's, it's so you see in these times, like who are the, really good people who are trying to do something cool. And how can I bridge what we're doing with what they're doing? Like Gaw helped us get the word out to musicians. And the next day we probably fed 20 random Cleveland musicians. And I'm like, I've seen you at open mics. I've seen you at shows. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, like it was the same thing with Gaw. Like I was like, you know what? Gaw's doing those online shows. I, if there's something interesting going on in Cleveland music and like thoughtful and impactful, I feel like God knows the person doing it or is a part of it. I was like, I'm going to call her. 
Yeah. And, you know, through 10 minutes of conversation and a post on social media, we got to feed 20 more people. So, you know, that's just been one of the cool things about all of this is getting to connect and unite all of those people. And, and by doing that, you reach a whole new audience of people, you feed a whole new group of people and, you know, build new connections. Today I was at, I was at Saucy Sun, shout out to that amazing butcher shop. Um, they're over on Fleet Avenue and I was grinding meat to make, uh, um, meatballs for these bags. Yeah. And I ran into a pastry chef who I knew through the kitchen scene and found out that she um, is dating one of the owners of Blazing Saddles, who yeah. I was like there tonight. Yeah, yeah. Through all of these things going on, like you just see this web of people where you're like, well, are they open? She's like, yeah, they want to keep like keeping people active, but also remaining safe and not you know, causing yeah, a problem. Yeah. And I'm like another cool, small business, another cool friend doing something like then I went over there tonight. So that's been like my general, uh, quarantine mission is try to isolate as much as possible. And if you're going to do something, support a local small business, support a local, um, musician. Like I've ordered a couple different shirts from restaurants that are show- selling shirts to raise money. Like, I keep going to the root every day, yeah. like trying to put my $4 a day into the root, like <laughs> try to, try to keep supporting all of the homies and hope the homies can keep supporting you and we can, you know, hunker down and get through this. It comes down. That's, that's what I mean. That Joe Strummer thing without people, you're nothing, man. It just, it's resonating true with everything. And like that $4 every day does a lot. You know what I mean? And just the fact that they're still doing it and you're appreciating and telling people they can still go there and still get that. Like, I didn't know if the route was open. I haven't. Yeah. I I mean, none of these businesses are open in like the conventional sense we know. Yeah. And they're all taking a hit, you know, by having to limit their services, but they're doing it when, you know, not because they have to, a lot of this is voluntary. It's being asked of them and like, they're choosing to participate they're choosing to be a part of like the solution, not the problem. And it's like cool to see because it like, you know, strengthens my fervor. And like, these are great businesses and places to spend my money and places to go eat and places to go, you know, enjoy a show. Like seeing all of these musicians banding together. I'm like, I can't wait to go to a show again. Like I, was- I fell out of the habit of going to shows with being a chef. Yeah not being in bands, I was always working, but like now I'm like, Oh my God, I just want to like go have a burger somewhere, go see a show, run into like seven random other people, you know, yeah. you know, we're all just like, Oh, we'll FaceTime. Hi. Hey, I mean, this helps, man. I'm not going to lie. Doing yeah, it these does. Intervals, intervals doing these. I was writing, I was writing lessons, man, doing these intervals doing these interviews has helped me feel like I'm still, still social and still get to see my friends. But what I was just, have talking- you just been, have you been fully hunkered down at home for the most part? Yeah. For the most, I've been doing the, well with Carla, you know, we're doing the online lessons and yeah. that's, that's going to be uh, interesting to see how that all pans out. Hopefully good. Um, but I've been doing that and just trying to support all our homies by spreading the word with this and just, 
I my root my self routine has been insane, man. I've been sleeping in, practicing for like four hours, <laughs> like doing. I'm, some I'm like stuff. almost jealous. I've gotten to the point. I was telling Carla right before I talked to you. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, God, I just want to isolate. Like uh-huh. seeing everyone relaxing at home. I'm like, each day becomes. You know, at first it was like, fuck yeah, we're going to go in, we're going to cook, we're going to feed people. But like after day 10, just like, yeah, so a little isolation and relaxation would be nice. (laughs) Like my hands are so dry from just constantly washing them and, and you know, it's, it's almost more work, um, feeding people in a pandemic than plating bougie food on a Friday night. Well, dude, for sure, you said it within the description, man. But you're yeah. fighting the good fight, and you're, like, you you still can. Like, with uh, all my work, it was all nursing homes and teaching and being yeah. in social spots. And, like, uh, now I really, and I, for the most part, with a lot of that stuff, I felt like I was able to give back in some way. And now that I can't do anything, I'm, I've been redefining how I can help out. And which is why I'm taking more interest in reaching out to more people to do this and just hype up what they're dead. The, the, what's the word I'm looking at? Amplify what they're saying. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's all everyone can do from, you know, the food perspective, like Vinny and I have been trying to, to order lunch at work from a local restaurant. You know, if it's a friend of ours, like a lot of us, who are chefs we're on salary and you know we're a little bit more comfortable than some of the you know line cooks or young servers or you know people that live on tips like so we're trying to go to the root and tip if you can and order um you know lunch for the crew from ohio city burrito and leave a tip like um everyone's finding new ways of ordering I bought shirts from Blazing Saddles today just to, you know, put an extra 40 bucks in their pocket. Like when we went to Saucy Sun the other day, Vinny, we spent $9 on lunch and Vinny left a $91 gift card there for them to give extra food to people that come in, like, and take it off the gift card. That's amazing. It's like, what a cool dude. You know, however we can pass it forward. It actually makes sense to pay it forward for once in life. Like you're not just ordering Starbucks for the rich person behind you. Like you're actually helping somebody by doing these like little things that, you know, aren't a ton, but you know, order some merch from your favorite band, order a CD. Like now's the time to like pick up that $45 hoodie from that (laughs) band that you love that you're always like, should I buy it? Yes, you should buy it because you'll live without that $45. This will reopen, but that's like, you know, grocery or weed for a week for a band. <laughs> they need that. Yeah, definitely. They definitely need it. Was it, but no, it paying it forward and definitely supporting local and like getting involved and just supporting there and realizing what's around. If anything that comes out of this, it's realizing that was here the whole time. This is awesome. Why, why didn't I realize I can get coffee here. And why was I always going to Starbucks or whatever? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's really a time to support small business across the board, support venues, like buy gift cards to the Beachland If they have them for sale, buy yeah. gift cards to, 
you know, your favorite restaurant. It puts money in their accounts right now and helps them keep paying their staff or keep paying a percentage of wages to their staff or doing something. It helps bands who just got hit by not being able to release albums and go on tour because it's spring and go to South by Southwest. Like, yeah, it sucks. It is. It's one cool thing. I wanted to, I meant to say earlier when you were saying you're hyped to go to a show, I was just talking with Brent Kirby before I called you. And uh, we're he, the concern of people even wanting to go see music again <laughs> was it was kind of a you know was kind well, of well we concern. feel that in restaurants too I mean there will definitely be a a, a weary um, period where people are gonna come out slowly it's not gonna be the floodgates yeah you know we're we're gonna yeah. turn the sink on a little bit hopefully and people will reacclimate to things but it's going to be a new normal i think for sure yeah for at least it's not going to be back to what we always saw we're going to see you know how this long-term affects music venues restaurants like a lot of frivolous spending when money is tight you know, and even in this, this ends, will you have money to go to that show? Will you have, t- you know, money to go to that restaurant? Yeah. You know, or will yeah. you have been unemployed for so long that you can't afford it? And, you know, we see restaurants reopen, but they're not busy because people can't afford to go out and they're afraid. Like, you know, I've been in a lot of those discussions. It's so much unknown, which yeah. creates so much anxiety for, you know, so many people. How have you been handling that? Cooking, chicken noodle <laughs> soup, chocolate chip cookies. Hell yeah. <laughs> listening to music, staying as busy and distant as possible, bike riding, um, you know, just understanding that we have all had to adapt before and we're just adapting now to a new set of, cir- set of circumstances. But I think um, you can just wait. And we just have to wait yeah. and, and see. I think that's the bit, the hardest part for most people is like, it'd be different if there was like, okay, it's actually just this two weeks. They got that vaccine on the way, but it's not, you know, it's, an, it's a question mark at the end of the, at the end of the weight game. And that for most people is pretty provoking and like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's so hard to deal with. I mean, I, Vinny and I have had, you know, a few heavy hitting conversations where we're like, we're like, we're really glad to like have an, like I've never woken up to an alarm as joyously as I wake up to an alarm during the apocalypse. Cause I'm like, <laughs> awesome. I have something to do. For sure. Like I'm lucky. Yeah. Like I get up an hour and a half before work now just to like do stuff around the house. Like I've never felt before because you know, we're like so appreciative to just have things to fill our day because it's such an anxious time that if you're cooking and busy and doing things and cleaning the kitchen and doing everything, you don't just sit and dwell on it. But, you know, that's an easy place to be with how things are. It's just like you're sitting at home, you're anxious. Yeah. You know, you're waiting for the next news report, the next DeWine uh, uh, announcement. Are they yeah. going to hunker down more? Will there be more restrictions? Yeah. Was so, it? yeah, I guess that definitely de- most people that are working are definitely <laughs> blessed to have the have the gig and 
and to have something to do and just like you're saying, something to preoccupy. And in your case, when it's positive and you're actually going out and helping people <coughs> and being proactive in the situation and tr- bettering people's lives and diminishing that anxiety by feeding them, like that's even that's got to even be more uh, rewarding and easier to kind of get through it because you're, you're proactive, you're doing something about it. I know a lot of people are trying to get to where where you're doing uh, what you're doing to some degree. And like, uh, yeah, which brings me to my next question of uh, how can people help? How can we help Cleveland family the, meal plans? The biggest, probably two things right now are plans it you out. Know, find us on <laughs> Facebook at Cleveland family meal, Instagram at CLE family meal. Um, and sp- spread the word. We have lots of donations. We have enough chefs to make, make that food happen every day. We just want to make sure we're finding people and reaching people. You know, it's so a la minute, as we say in restaurants, like on the minute in the moment that we've had to set this up that, you know, we're trying to reach people. Like they don't, they didn't know we existed before two weeks ago. Um, so that's the big one. And then from going past that, keep an eye out for like those shirts and stickers. And if you can spare 20 or $25, that will buy like four bags of groceries for somebody, every shirt that we sell. Um, and we unfortunately cannot take volunteers because we're trying to keep monitored the number of people we have interacting with the public yeah. and with the food and making sure everyone's healthy. Um, but we can, like we said, take sales once we do those shirts and we're going to set up a donations portal as well. Um, and that'll just help feed more people. So if you're, you know, fortunate enough to be still working through this and, or, you know, having a little bit of extra money because you didn't go out to dinner 10 times this week, <laughs> like we all usually do, yeah. uh, or lunch or coffee or everything. If people can donate or buy a shirt that will help us feed so many more people and keep food streaming in and keep those boxes like balanced and, and healthy and not just giving people ho-hos and <laughs> yeah. uh, chips. Nothing wrong with those chips. I do enjoy some chips, but I know I agree. (laughs) We've had so many potatoes. We've been making potato chips. Really? (laughs) Just to give people. We've been joking. People are going to, you know, eat so well by doing this because we don't know how to cook not like from scratch and good food. So, you know, we've been doing like pot roast and pulled pork and homemade potato chips and mashed potatoes and meatballs and homemade pastas, homemade breads. Like, and you know, we've had a bunch of people joking. They're like, we're eating better now than we ever have. We're like, well, (laughs) we're glad we gave out caviar the other day because someone donated a fuck ton of caviar. Cause when the economy crashes, no one can buy caviar. So it gets donated. And then we get to put caviar in your bag and you can put caviar in your scrambled eggs in the middle of the end of the world. <laughs> That's awesome. It's really an experience like nothing else. What, what are you typically getting the same things donated from the same places or is it always? A no, it's shoot? like completely random. So, you know, restaurants were expecting to be busy this time of year. Um, and now they're all closed. So, yeah food providers have, you know, ordered on par all of this food with no restaurants to buy it. So we get, sometimes we get a bunch of potatoes. The other day 
I got like 72 gallons of mayonnaise. <laughs> nice. Haven't figured out a use for that yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. We have a couple we have a couple non-food related options like mayonnaise wrestling. Um <laughs> Mayonnaise sledding down mayonnaise a hill. Sledding. It could be a mayonnaise. It could be like I don't know. You could replace it for a grease of some sort. It can be oil. Yeah, we were saying you know just <laughs> mayonnaise a hill. Have people <laughs> skate down it, charge like a toboggan shoot would. <laughs> no, but it's uh, super. Random. Sometimes it's we literally had caviar come in one day. We had a hundred pounds of clams and mussels and seafood. So we made a huge pot of like a seafood chowder. Like, and we put that into quartz and then we always have flour and water and eggs. So we make pasta because it's, you know, something we know how to do and it's yeah. cheap. We feed a lot of people. Um, how can um, Vinny used to run a pizza shop or a restaurant that had a pizza program. So we made a bunch of freezer pizzas for people. Nice. We make a bunch of pita and hummus every day. Um, just like it's random. It's based on what we have. It's, us using the skill we know how to do, which is like, all right, we have 48 pounds of broccoli, 110 pounds of seafood, all of these random things. How do you actually make meals out of this that are good? Makes sense. You guys should like record, make little YouTube bits. Cause that, that, that sounds like an entertaining challenge. Oh, it's, it's really, I've never made such ridiculously large quantities of weird foods. Like the other day we made like 58 pounds of green bean casserole. Jeez. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, just so, like, to have all the material and be like, uh, green bean casserole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, the, is there like, we, a- we all joke, like we, we cook like cafeterias, like church cafeterias or, you know, like we all are making like hearty, big comforting meals that are delicious. And we're like, we miss the fanciness of, of plated meals and tasting menus and, and doing things that are composed and refined. Now it's like rice, beans, braised <laughs> pork, smashed plantains, like, you know, whatever is random and we have, and it's delicious and it's all served in, clamshell to go containers which from like being a fine dining chef is not uh what we're used to but it's actually kind of fun it sounds it sounds like it'd be a fun challenge just to be like who do, when you're doing that when someone's come up like all this is in front of does Vinny make the column been like okay uh the, the, the green bean casserole or do you guys individually just get a chunk of what you got and make what you can yeah, we kind of just like we get in a huge donation, usually from like Cisco, Cerna, Sanson, Chef to Chef, Candy's Classic, Blue Ribbon. Like these are all the the food providers that restaurants would order from. They'll come give us a big donation, and then we kind of just stand there. Like, well, we could do this, we could do this, and then you kind of create your own little to do list. All right, like I'm going to make pasta, and then mac and cheese, and then I'm going to make chalk chip cookies and then this and we're all doing that same thing all day we're making our little list of things based on what we have so it's kind of what do we do with that oh i'll take it i'll do this what do we do with that oh he's gonna take that he has a thing he's gonna do with that by the end of the day there's like hundreds of meals sitting around we're all like yeah good job 
dude. And but like we're kitchen people, so we're like, your food sucks and it's under season. Mine's better. <laughs> and we're just like talking shit all day. <laughs> so it's just like being in a band. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've been joking that I think all of us need like kitchen people. They, we need like a FaceTime group where we cook dinner at the same time so we can like talk shit about how terrible the food next to us looks and like how horrible those people are at making pasta and like how they have no fucking clue how to make bread. And like, because, you know, that's what um, as chefs you do all day. You're like, that guy's no idea what he's doing. Like, he is, this is awful. <laughs> You're all talking shit to each other. Like, well, your food's awful. Oh, going back and forth. But so that's mostly everyone picks their little to-do list. They all bust each other's chops and cook all day. And then we feed a bunch of people. And then I go social distance all night. So I don't uh, ideally pass pass anything around when I come into work the next day. Yeah. And that's been looking like bike riding and chilling. Lots of bike riding. That's what I'm going to be doing as soon as this ends, as long as it doesn't rain. But yeah, lots of bike riding and and then just seeing the guys sometimes from work because we all know, you know, we're fine. Yeah. So. Was it when, uh, so where can people go if they need food? Do they just come to the restaurant? So we've been doing, at first we were doing all of our pickup points at the restaurant. Um, We kind of found that to be difficult to do because we were bringing a bunch of people into what we considered our clean space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we decided to cook and then we load up cars and we take them to, um, right now, salt and Lakewood. It's a beautiful restaurant on Detroit road on the West side of, uh, of Lakewood. We bring the food out there to their patio. We set up on the patio. So everyone's outside and, you know, ideally, in nice, fresh, open air. Um, and we set up a grab your own market. People come out of their cars, hand sanitize, put on gloves, grab their stuff, load up their car, air high five. Um, and we also have a drop-off point in Akron, which is announced daily. It's between a couple of different restaurants down there. Um, but those drop-off points are announced on our Instagram, like whenever we update them. So okay. you can it- find them on Instagram or Facebook where we're dropping off what time Cleveland family meal Cleveland I can't say the word family today dude I'm just like family familia family Cleveland family meal at Instagram and Facebook um now do you guys announce the time or is it the same time every day it's pretty much um for Akron it's between five and six for Cleveland it's between three and four um jeez man it honestly depends on how what time our delivery came in, how fast we cooked. Like, yeah. And we announced, all right, I think we can get there by three thirty. <laughs> so it's usually Cleveland's between three and four Akron's between five and six. So you go to the Cleveland stop, pass out food for about two hours, then drive down to Akron, pass out food for about two hours and then Damn. go back, wash, rinse and repeat. Yeah, man. That's, that's superhero shit, dude. <laughs> that's superhero shit. That's it's cool. keep busy shit, you know. Yeah, we just, yeah, but it's. I mean, of course, busy. obviously, we ah. want we <laughs> want to go beyond so keeping cool. busy, but and and make an impact. But also, we're just a bunch of we, you know, we're just a bunch of dudes that we know how to cook and we just want to cook and we don't want to sit at home. And restaurant people don't have time off. It's not like our our yeah. luxurious teaching lives where <laughs> you know you got. 
two weeks off here and three weeks off there and three days off here and a Monday off here. Like, yeah, not restaurants like you're closed Christmas and maybe Thanksgiving. Like besides that Easter, every holiday you're open every weekend you're open. Like, so for us, we're just like, we don't know what to do with free time. Yeah. When I wasn't teaching, I was at greenhouse, like for winter break for summer break. Like, what do I do with time off? (laughs) How do I, how do I do self time? Well, I don't know. Like, was that a shift for you going into like this kind of? It, it sounds like it wasn't because, um, for for our listeners, you taught at Steps for uh, nine years, working with kids on the autism spectrum, as well as me and you were in a band called Hamilton Handshake, and uh, probably I think we probably should have like mentioned the band and stuff before. So yeah, we've yeah. known each other a while, but yes, <laughs> I tried. I, Lately, I've been just jumping in these conversations because I haven't seen all these people and I'm excited right. to talk to you and it, all my friends. And like, I just kind of get carried away with like, dude, tell me what you're doing. It's so we're gonna cool. hear this. We're going to hear this in hindsight. We're like the context is completely lost to everybody yeah, except yeah. Dave and I. Yeah. This is a recorded phone call. I'll put it. I'll put it at the beginning, too. No, That's I'm, what I'll do. Um, I'll put a little the power thing, of editing, the power of editing. I'll put a little front so people know <laughs> what's going on. But, um, but yeah, so jumping into a position where it's like literally no break because teaching is pretty relentless, relentless and like is, is hard and it's hard to keep in the mental game when you're always trying to like educate the youth and like do, trying to teach a kid algebra who doesn't want to do anything, but be home and like and then jump tell you this. about world war two and holocaust and other <laughs> bizarre facts that are inappropriate for the time being <laughs> and sometimes wrong <laughs> yeah usually wrong <laughs> and then jump into a spot that's like or and jump into a gig that's endless like go now i need this from you now 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 was that like an easy shift for you or was it like a from a teaching spot where you have a little bit of leeway, relax time and then jumping into a cooking gig like this? Uh, you know, I think the easy answer is like, I was always doing stuff. So being busy is being busy. Now it was just like always in one building, but it's definitely, uh, was a transition to keep up with like an entire new career field after being a decade behind in some people's eyes. You know what I mean? That was the weirdest thing. Like in teaching, I was, you know, a head administrator. I was, I'd been doing it forever. Everyone knew that I had put in my time and then all of a sudden I'm a chef at a restaurant and I'm brand new and I had to, you know, show everybody that I could keep up and, and work in those super high volumes and, and do that. And it was, it was a, a fun challenge. Like, yeah. To keep up, I worked 107 days straight without a day off. When I I took my job at Greenhouse, I I made a smart-ass comment that I don't need days off. I always worked every day because I taught and then I worked at Greenhouse or I was in the band or doing something. And I said I didn't need an assistant. I could do it all by myself. And that meant I had to work lunch every day, brunch every day on the weekends and dinner seven days a week and work like 12 hours a day, seven days a week. (laughs) And to be stubborn, I was like, not going to accept a day off. Uh. And then once I hit my 100 days, 
to be a smart ass again. I said it was easy and I worked another week without a day off. And then I like think I took a, two days off and just slept for the entire two days. Yeah, man, that's insane. <clears throat> like I, I tend to keep myself busy and, and like if I'm not teaching or nursing home or doing some type of gig, I got a weird gig or an out of town gig. And I, I, yeah. if I'm not doing a gig, I'm booking, I'm trying to do a thing. And like, but that's next level, man. That's insane. Yeah, it's a lot less flexible to like run a pastry program, dessert program, whatever yeah. of a restaurant than to be like the creative that I was in my jobs before. Like, I yeah. ran creative arts programs. If I wanted to come to work and figure out how many folds it took to make a pizza box, like they allowed you to do that. Yeah, kind of did whatever made sense that day with the kids that were upset with the kids that were having a bad day and you randomly just like watch YouTube with them and yeah. watch the history of the Rolling Stones or, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it's like way less flexible dinner service is the same time every day. The guests yeah. don't care if you're tired. They don't care if you overslept. They don't yeah. care if you're late. Like, the Yelp review will be there insulting your food if it's not great. Point. So that was a change of pace. It, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's supposed to taking the task at hand. It's, you know, the assignment, show up, be ready type deal. Not that teaching isn't, but teaching the problem could be different every time. And you have yeah, to find and teaching, innovative ways. Teaching, like, you know, you have your, your, um, you know, relaxed time within each day where, you know, you're just talking with a kid on a walk. You're, you know, having a fun conversation about how piano scale or how scales work on piano or whatever. And like, it's fun. And, uh, you know, kind of happens at the pace that life happens, but restaurants happen at like a million miles an hour all the time. And there's no, pause like the greatest pause you have is like sunday or monday which are like the less busy days yeah jeez and even that's still you know there's no stop people still coming on mondays i always thought for some reason tuesday it seems like a lot of like uh, asian restaurants and stuff close on tuesday and i thought i heard that was because it was like a slow restaurant day yeah the beginning of the week's a slow time but like when you work at the greenhouse tavern which was pretty much always busy or now you work in a restaurant that's in the midst of grand opening. It's always busy. Yeah. You know, and if you work at a great restaurant, it's always busy. You know, there, that tends to be how it goes. Yeah. Well, and when you want it, when you're into it and you want to like cook and learn how it works and learn the craft of it, that's where you want to be. You want to be yeah, in the spots exactly. that happen and you want to play, you want to play the venue that people go to. You don't want to play yeah. the venue where you're just making it up by yourself to playing the nobody. Was it? Equity? Yeah. You want to open for the biggest band. You want to work at the biggest restaurant. Like, and that's like, that's where I fell in love with restaurants and chose to leave teaching and pursue cooking was like, it was so much aligned with so many of the things that I was doing creatively outside of teaching and like teaching didn't always align with those things. There was yeah. meetings yeah. and shirts and ties and um, a lot of meetings, paperwork but... and yeah. notebooks and stuff that like was not interesting to me. And then I 
you know, would leave there and go into greenhouse and it was like fire and flambeing <laughs> and, you know, giant steaks and uh, entire cows coming down onto this big table and being butchered with fucking sword sized knives and constant profanity and tomfoolery and insulting and music blaring at a decimal, like, that would have been unheard of in your classroom and a vehement argument happening, whether or not Rush is the worst or best band ever and complete insulting on the taste of you, your family, everything you've ever done because you like this band. And then I had to like leave that at the end of the day, go home and wake up and go to a school where it was different, you know, yeah. slower paced and kind of boring. And in my eyes, were and you, I, uh, were you on, were you, did you plant your flag in Camp Rush or were you not in Camp Rush? I was of course not in Camp Rush. <laughs> Absolutely not. I know, I know that <laughs> Phil, Phil might hear this and be like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Sorry, Rush is not that cool to me. You gotta be into it, man. You gotta be into it to get it. I feel. I know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I respect others love of Rush, but I was not in team Rush. Was it? Are you uh, thinking now that you got some quarantine time to do some music? Uh, yeah, I've actually uh, been set, telling somebody on Facebook I'm going to pick up this guitar all week. I just haven't had time. Nice. Um, and I'll give you just, your uh, amp. <laughs> so you can... I, dude, I know my <laughs> the rest of that amp is in my garage. Yes, and I I amp. need to I need to rewire the cab. That's funny. I totally <laughs> forgot about that for the hundredth time. Yeah, it's all good. I've been, I've been trying to get it to you, but I just I know you hundred days, hundred and twenty five days or whatever. There's yeah. no chance of getting to you. <laughs> I know. I set up like one day. I had a couple of days off, and I set up my little orange practice amp. Nice. And my pedal board in my living room, and I'll pick it up every now and then, but. In the time that you repair your dad repaired that amp, I've also had another amp die and a guitar have a circuit that needs resoldered. So, okay. well, the never-ending saga of keeping your gear up to snuff. Yeah, bring it over. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now that we have quarantine time, hopefully they fully, fully yeah. lock everyone down a little bit, and then yeah, and then uh, I'll get like two weeks to write or chill or play music again. Yeah, I think that even though that would suck to be fully locked in, it probably would help. Well, I told Vinny, we jokingly uh, said when all of this was going down, the only way we're going to stop cooking is if they, like, arrest us or threaten us with jail time. And I've been to jail and I don't want to go back. So, yeah. like, at some point when we hit the... Uh, military state maybe i'll stay home and play guitar then <laughs> stop Turn doing it, just stuff. To keep it a little louder than the tanks you know? yeah yeah <laughs> oh god yes. hopefully it doesn't get there man That'd be no i know we all <laughs> it's like you almost have to just joke about how ridiculous it all is like yeah it is absurd and keeping it everyone's absurd. like who knows like maybe in two weeks from now i'll see you at the beachland ballroom and we'll have a blast or like two weeks from now we'll be occupied by tanks and <laughs> everybody will be in hazmat suits i'm not sure one or the other <laughs> i like how the, i like it goes from beachland to hazmat i'll take that i don't know it's, oh, it's one of the two options i don't i don't know what middle ground exists i don't think there is one right now it's either going to be fine or we're all just 
we're all just going to go into full, full, uh, walking dead. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully there's no zombies. <laughs> yeah. When, when, uh, I wake what? up every day and there's no news reports of people with COVID-19 coming back to life and eating other people i'm like all right we're doing good well you know it came from a bat vampires right yeah did you (laughs) did you have you ever seen the movie contagion no but it sounds relative (laughs) yeah it's it's the most relevant thing and terrifying thing i've ever watched it was made in 2011 and the it's about a disease that was given to pigs from bats in China and eventually wiped out a large swath of the population. And it had a two week incubation period where you didn't know you had it. So you just kept spreading it. And when they tried to lock everybody down, it was too late and the whole world like ended. And then I was just like, am I in my living room and this is actually happening or am I watching Netflix? I don't know. I'm a little bit stoned. Oh, I think someone told me about that film. They told me the same thing. <laughs> it's mind blowing. I've, I was like, "Am I watching Fox News or Netflix?" <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Is this a dramatized know, version of what's really happening or the truth? Yeah, some dude at Netflix, like the owner of that film, definitely is like, "You guys are gonna get mad streams with this. Put this in there now." <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not even on Netflix. You got to rent it for three ninety nine or whatever on uh, Apple. Uh, Unknown. <laughs> Unknown. But it's well worth the rental to be like, Terrified. wow, it's like predicting the future. <laughs> or you know what? It's not that bad. Look how bad they got it. We're all right. Right? I know. It could be totally worse. It could be like the, the great Spanish flu of, what, 1918. Yeah, that's the craziest thing is that's the biggest, like, destroyer of, like, people throughout time has been disease and, like, there's been multiple times this has happened and wiped out huge chunks, but stuff gets better, arguably. 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 We did we did elect Trump in the modern era, so better <laughs> yeah. is subjective, but <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's yeah. another scary part about all this. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. He's like, we need to sacrifice some old people to reopen the economy quicker. Let's go. Uh when 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 he was saying like if it gets worse we just we not if it gets worse we need to open the economy before the economy gets worse and I'm like well there's also sick people I don't know if yeah. you remember that they're not going to be it's going about around shopping it's about a smidge more than the economy at this point for sure and that goes back to kind of what you're saying you'll see really see who's actually a uh, who's actually taking steps to be part of the solution especially with businesses because that everyone's worried that this is going to be it for them. And a lot of businesses, like we were saying, were hanging on by a hair. And it's going to really come down to those that are trying to help. And, you know, if that means shutting down or being like a, being part of the solution, whatever way they can. Yeah. And, you know, I just hope most importantly that the Rolling Stone show, if they don't do it in June, like they're supposed to, hopefully they live stream it like all of you guys have. Yeah. With your shows, because I need to see that Stone show. I got tickets so. to that too, man. I got no. Did I got you see t- that? Did you get tickets? I got ticket. I got one ticket because the last like you got a ticket. I got the last like six shows I went to. I bought two tickets and ended up going by myself. So I was just like, this Stones one. I'm just going by myself. I'm not gonna miss the Stones in Cleveland. It's gonna be sick. Um, it, like I'm getting one. I found one in a decent spot for like. Probably like a hundred bucks, and it came out to two when you're done with all the fees and whatnot. 
Right. Would you? Did you find a good spot? Uh, Carla, her aunt got us like really obnoxiously good tickets. Like nice, like eight hundred dollars a ticket. Tickets. So yeah, way more than I could afford tickets. Yeah. So yeah, I was excited because That's... last time I saw the stones, I also had bougie, super nice tickets that Phil got me as a gift. Yeah. Well, Phil's got the ticket hookup. If any of our friends knows how to get good seats at shows, it's Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I sat like third row from the front when him and I saw the stones in Columbus and <sighs> I didn't buy stones tickets. Cause I'm like, that was so amazing. I came face to face with our Lord and savior, Keith Richards. Like, <laughs> You know, it's not going to be the same from the nosebleeds <laughs> if I can't, you know, smell the cigarette smoke wafting off of him. <laughs> and then her aunt's like, oh, I got you guys amazing tickets. And I was like, yeah. and then they said, um, it's postponed indefinitely until all this passes. And I'm like, yeah. of course. Yeah, I've been putting off seeing them for a while because I'm like, oh, you know, they're going to come to Cleveland one of these tours. I'm not going to have to drive a couple hours. I'm not going to have to drive. They got to go to Cleveland. It's the Rolling Stones. It's rock and roll. They got to come here. And uh, right. finally got one for when they do. And <laughs> now it's postponed. Suck. Yeah, that's my only hope. You know, whatever happens with the entire economy, the state of mankind, like, I just really want to see that Stone show. <laughs> That's really important. It's a reachable goal, right? If we can get to that, we can get. If we can just that. live stream it. I don't even. I don't have to be there. I just. I want to see it. It's so good. <laughs> You've never seen the Stones live. Not. Not live. I've seen videos of them live, and like, but it's, I've never seen uh, them live. It's amazing. It's Did the most see? beautiful thing. It's what I imagine. Like suburban Christian moms feel like when they go to like mega churches and they're just overwhelmed by the majesty and perfection of Joel. this performance. No, it's, it's so good. Yeah. So that's why I was like, it, I've never seen anything like it of any show I've been to. It's just the stones. There's, de there's definitely something about being in the presence of like legends, like the stones, like they're, they define rock, you know what I mean? You can't, like, you can't go through a record crate without finding some stones reminisce. And, like... I Probably know. Tattoo You or the other, like, 80s-esque albums. Those are always in the dollar bin. Yeah, yeah, you definitely get that one. What was it? Uh, did you see that documentary when they go to South America on Netflix? Yeah, that was the tour I saw them on. They did South America and then North America. They had, like the most insane turnouts in South America. Yeah. That doc was insane, but that was like yeah. my first like real glimpse of what they're going to sound like when we go see it, you know, like while they're still playing and they, they and got... it's such a good show for a yeah. bunch of really old drug addicts. Yeah. They rock dude. They hold yeah. tight. They're like Mick Jagger works more. Like he works the stage more than most like bands that like are in their prime. You know what I mean? I know. Like, oh, it's, it, it was incredible. When I saw them, it was just one of those, um, I can't believe this is happening, like, moments. Because I had just seen The Who, like, the week before. The Who was not good. I went with Carl. <laughs> what was that? It was not Blossom? Good. No, that was, we saw him in Columbus. And was it just the two, right? It was Roger Daltrey and uh, Pete Townsend? Yeah. Okay. And Joan Jett opened, which was, like, really not good either she didn't kill i i figured joan jett would at least kill but <sighs> not so much it was yeah. weird there's a lot of like 
costume outfits happening and really? it wasn't very punk it was like yeah. almost if punk was a musical and it's huh. a set it's bizarre that's not punk at all <laughs> no it wasn't very punk and but then the who came on movies. and it was like it was like two grandpas that didn't get along on different parts <laughs> of the stage and it was like really boring yeah and i I, I did not love it. And then like a few weeks later, I saw the Stones and I was just like, these old guys kill it. That's awesome. Yeah, they was were it, so I saw the, did you hear the, the Who's new record? No, I would not. <laughs> I would not take the gamble. <laughs> you got to check it out. It's All so right. rough. It's, it's, put that on when you're cooking tomorrow. And everyone will be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? you like, Usually Dude. I put on like Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock and everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm like, the world's ending, man. You got to end to like Bowling for Soup or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to end to the Who's New Record. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of auto-tune, like blatant oh, Kanye-esque, that's, that's Kanye level, <laughs> maybe not Kanye, um, T-Pain level auto-tune, like where it's wow. just there. It's not, they're not hiding it. It's there. I don't know. I mean, that's my stance on seeing many old bands. It's like, I don't. Phil obviously sees all of those shows, yeah. loves them. But to me, sometimes I just think, just, to, I don't want, I don't want to see it not in its amazing prime. Like, I don't yeah. want to hear the Who not in the 70s. For sure. Yeah, there's definitely a thing that, I mean, like an album. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, there's some people I think you gotta see no matter what. Like, the Stones would be one, like, B.B. King, and, like, all those guys that never stopped ripping, even in their, like, in their old age. Like, I bet Neil Young still rips, even though he's older and probably can't <laughs> sing the same. I bet he sound, you know, I mean, I bet it would be as good as a show as in the 70s. Yeah, I wish I would have gone to see Petty with Phil. When yeah. he offered me a free petty ticket, and I was like, I got to work or do something. And then he died, and I was like, God damn it. That was one of those ones I wanted to see. Was it? Yeah, was I think it? me and Phil saw him in high school. but uh, And then I think Phil might have hit me up about that, too. And I was like, I'm, uh, I'm sleeping or something. <laughs> like, I know. And then, like, in hindsight, you're like, that was such a mistake. I should have gone to that free, amazing petty show. Was it? Maybe it wasn't Phil. Maybe it was my aunt. Someone else offered to go to that show. But um, but anyway, man, dude, it's been really good catching up. And superhero status is just yeah, it's just a uh, it's just getting higher for you. <laughs> the Cleveland. Well, I appreciate that. Cleveland family meal. People can find you on Instagram, on um, Facebook. You'll post when you can get food. And the biggest thing you guys need right now is the people to spread the word, right? Yeah, spread the word and. Just, uh, you know, share it with anybody who, who, you know, might need it. Beautiful. And when they, when you got, when are you guys thinking about, uh, about when you will have shirts? We're going to have, um, pre-sales live, hopefully tomorrow. Um, turnaround on them will be early next week. We'll have them shipped out and ready to go. Um, so we're just in the midst of getting like the square space and all of those things set up so we can launch that pre-sale. Sick. Well, I'll be buying a shirt from you soon. Thanks for hanging There's, out, man. Hopefully this helps. Absolutely. It was good to talk to you, Dave. Cool, I'll cool. see you soon. I'll pick up that amp, I promise. <laughs> we'll hang out, man. We'll jam. <laughs> all right. When this Later. Is all good. Later, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Peace.